the footsteps of Jesus from down under. Welcome to the program. I'm very happy to be with you today and please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. One of uh, my guests today is a speaker for the next program. Give me the Bible and that's Len. Len, welcome to the program. Yes, thank you, Nick. Hello, everyone. Len, would you like to introduce your guest? Very happy to introduce you today to Simon. Simon has an, had an experience with the Lord, and we're going to hear his story. So, would you like to say hello to the listeners, Simon? Yep, hello to everybody out there, and uh, I hope I've got something to say that will help somebody out there in their, their situation they're in in their life. Well, Simon, we're really pleased that you can be with us today. Thanks, Lynn. And uh, we really hope that your story will be an inspiration to others who are perhaps searching for something in their lives. Simon, would you like to tell us about your early life, like the family you grew up in and your brothers and sisters and all that sort of thing? Yep, I come from the middle of Victoria and uh, come from a farming background. Um, not a wealthy farming background, but uh, fairly good country, so it was, it was um, what you'd say, middle middle class farming. Um, I was the youngest of 11 children, mm-hmm. and uh, so that leaves with five brothers and five sisters and, uh, and uh, a beautiful, loving father and loving mother, and... Uh, very dedicated Catholic family um, with type of uncle. I had uncle was a Catholic priest. Uh, had two nuns on dad's side and mum's side were Catholic nuns, and um, so a very strong farming Catholic family. Yeah. Right. Well, as the youngest child, you were either spoilt or picked on. Well, depends how you call spoiled. I think I was spoiled in love. Um, but definitely not spoiled in goods because we didn't have much money and and uh, definitely picked on too. So <laughs> bit of everything really. So yeah. this family you grew up in, you you mentioned the family was you were strong Catholics and you had connection in the Roman Catholic Church with other people. How how spiritual was your family? I'd say not. Not fanatics or nothing, but we said the rosary pretty well every night. You know, we come together as a family. We said the said the rosary, and we when we prayed, and and when we had problems, we we prayed. So um, went to church religiously every every Sunday or Saturday night sometimes, and and um, so I'd say looking at my own time, I can remember when I was probably three years old. You know, I used to go outside. We were on a farm in the middle of nowhere, so you could go anywhere at any age. And I remember going out. I used to talk to the Lord out, uh, just out in the dark, and look up in the stars and talk to the Lord. So there was definitely a, a large spiritual grounding there, and it definitely came from uh, our parents. Yeah. Well, in that sense, you were very fortunate. Very blessed, I'd say, yeah. yeah. But... but uh... um, when I was 14 years of old, that uh, all changed. Mm. So, as a child, as you were growing up, say, when you were getting up near 10, 11, 12 years of age, what were you like? Well, I was a bit of a rat bag. We, <laughs> we, you know, when you got so many brothers and sisters, you you either toughened up or you or you sooked. So, yeah, had to learn to toughen up pretty quick and 
We all got on pretty good, really. When, when, um, as I said, up to the age of fourteen, that's when my father died, um, quite suddenly. Um, we're a very strong joint together family, and uh, so I guess I was a pretty good, pretty good kid back then. I, I worked hard on the farm. We worked from a young age. I started driving tractors at the age of nine. They used to just sit me up in the tractor and. I'd be in there for hours and I loved it and helping everyone out and it really was a good family community but when Dad died it all changed. So before your father died and I realised that things can change very quickly in situations like that, were you sporty, were you musical, did you like to read, what were you like? Definitely not musical, <laughs> yet I love to sing, but you know, definitely no talent or any way. But yeah, love love all sorts of sport. We played tennis and uh, played football because um, we didn't have a lot of money and we lived fairly far away from the. I'd probably play every third week or something like that. Um, had quite good potential as a footballer, um, but just never could get the training or could never play as much as the other children did. So. It was just life. We didn't didn't worry me or whatever. So, your father died. What did he die of? Good question. I don't really know, and I've asked mum, and it's always handy to know why, you know, for your own health wise. But um, I think it was some type of um, bowel cancer, right. and they didn't know a lot back then. But yeah, we were actually on holidays at the time, just mum, me, and um, my next sister up, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, it uh, got sick and happened very quickly and it was quite a shock. But just leading up to that, Dad had um, pretty bad arthritis and, um, you know, he was trying to run a farm, a fairly big family farm, and, and also spend time with the children. And I remember we used to have to get the football and run to him and give it to him because he's on crutches. He couldn't get the ball and... He'd kick the ball back to us and we'd run and get it and bring it back to him, a bit like a dog with a bone, really. We used to love spending that time with Dad. But, um, yeah, it's, um, he was sick for a long time and because um, I was must have been around about 14, oh, no, 14 when he died, so probably around 12 or maybe a bit younger that I had to dress him and help shower him at that stage because he couldn't do it himself. And... Um, I become very close to me dad, and you know, it's quite hard to talk about even mm. <laughs> all these years yeah. later. Yeah. So this sort of fell to you. You had a really good connection with your father, but you had the farm to run, and farms don't run on their own. No. So with your brothers and sisters, now probably some would have gone away and got married and shifted away from the farm, but how many of their of the children were left to continue to operate the farm? Well, believe it or not, my oldest brother, my my sister was the oldest and and she was in Melbourne and and my other sisters were type in school and that and um, uni and that and and the next one was a teacher and married to a doctor. She was the first one to get married but none of my brothers were actually married Um, and yet they were probably 20... Probably around 29, I think. So they're all quite late marriers, and um, so none of them was married. So it was up to basically my f- four older brothers to run the farm. But we all chipped in when it came to harvest time. We we're all helping come to hay time, and we had 
you know, 16,000 sheep. So we had a large sheep running enterprise. So it was a lot of work to do. We were forever out in the spare time. I remember missing out on school a lot of the time to, you know, go do shearing and stuff like that. So it was just one of them things that we just had to do what we had to do. So, well, you're not on a farm now. Did the farm eventually get sold or broken up or did one of your brothers buy it or what What actually happened then? No, well, Dad must have knew he was um, going to pass away at some stage. Um, he had a will in, you know, in in tack and we had we had it in shares and um and uh yeah th- that was quite a messy situation and uh that type of yeah well they call me the black sheep of the family so because uh it got very messy and uh i was the youngest and you know i was top of taking advantage of but um what i look now, back now that's in the past yeah mm-hmm. okay so at some stage You've left the farm. Yeah, yeah. But I had a choice when I, in year 11, um, finished year 11, um, had a choice. I had to do year 12, which I didn't want to do, or get apprenticeship. And uh, I was going to take whatever apprenticeship I could get, and I ended up getting a diesel mechanic apprenticeship in Ballarat, in Victoria there, and uh, I was glad to get that, and uh, I did four years of uh, diesel apprenticeship. Right. Well, having got your apprenticeship, did you get a job in uh, diesel mechanics? Well, I was working as a diesel mechanic in, in that apprenticeship and, uh, yeah, it was a fairly full-on job. And uh, But the day I finished my apprenticeship, my next-door neighbour offered me a job, um, about twice the money, cash in the hand, driving his truck. And uh, so I type of jumped at that. <laughs> so... Well, you wouldn't say it's all gone to waste because if a truck breaks down, well, you'd probably know how to fix it. That's it. That's why it's been easy to get a truck driving job during the years because I've had that um, had that experience, yeah. At some stage, you got married. So what happened there? Well, I was driving trucks up in New South Wales at the time um, for a big company and uh, I must have been about 20 at the time and... Uh, there was a fellow I was working for, a nice, nice bloke, about, uh, he must have been 20 years older than me, and uh, he was a bit like a father figure to me, and uh, and uh, become very close to him and his wife, and uh, they said, oh, we've actually got a daughter, we'd be interested in you. And I said, oh, don't know about that. <laughs> but I was quite curious to uh, meet her, and... Uh, she lived in South Australia and um, doing uni, and uh, we were up in Moree in New South Wales. So um, I eventually met her. And? Well, I'd probably say it was almost love at first sight. Quite interesting because uh, she she type of loved trucks too because her dad was a truck driver all her life. But she said she'd never marry a truck driver because <laughs> her dad was never around. And uh, we type of uh, went out for a while, and then we decided to uh, get engaged and get married, much to my mum's disgust. Disgust? Disgust. How come? Well, mum, as I said, was a very staunch um, Catholic and she only wanted what was best for her youngest son and wanted to uh, marry a Catholic girl, not a uh, Seventh-day Adventist girl. Okay. Mm. So in this time when you did your apprenticeship and you began to work I mean 
not just within your apprenticeship um, trade. What was your spiritual life during that particular time? Well, we'll have to back back a few years to when my dad died. Um, 14, I remember going out the paddock on the motorbike and just sitting down, same thing, looking up at the stars and saying, God, I'm not blaming you, but I want to know why. Why did you take my father through this important time of my life and um, really cut me to the uh, cut me to the bone, really? But I never uh, I never blamed God that I fought, and I fought. You know, I continued on going to church weekly, but my spiritual life started dying. Really, I mean, I was out drinking. Um, used to drink quite quite regularly as a young age. Um, when I started doing my apprenticeship, I got in a house with some other young mates and started smoking marijuana and that. So looking back on it, it was pretty pretty rock bottom, but I had a lot of anger in me, and every time i go out drinking, um, I'd be looking for fights, you know, coming from a uh, tough background. I was, had a lot of anger in me. You are listening to In the Footsteps of Jesus. Please stay with us. We are taking a short break and we'll be back in a minute. My eyes are opening, I breathe inside, my mind and soul stirs in silence at the dawn of a new fast is broken I take your word now all alone I feast in silence on the wisdom you confide everywhere I go everything I say everywhere Finding your love in my heart 
Welcome back. This is In the Footsteps of Jesus. Simon, you share with us how God was uh, with you in an early age, but now I think you want to take us a bit further and share with us how your experience grow with Jesus. Yeah, well, it's uh, as I said, I, was, I didn't blame God that I thought during that time my father died, but my life changed. Our, our family, what was bound to have a strength around our father, started to fall to bits. Brothers started to argue with one another, and um, and uh, I was type of glad when I'd done the apprenticeship to to get out of there. But I didn't leave the anger behind. I was quite a quite a wild young fella, and uh, always looking fights, always drinking too much, and and I can see it in young people these days that. They have the same problems. They're out there getting on drugs and, and angry and that. I can see it's because of their background and they don't have a father or something like that. The father figure is really important in your life. And, and where my faith was actually then is probably hard to describe because I was still going to church every Sunday. <laughs> I was actually telling people, you know, if you don't be a Catholic, you're going to rot in hell. And, uh, you know, so I was still type of witnessing in, in a hypocritical type of way. I remember, you know, I used to go to church there at Ballarat, the big cathedral there, and just outside the church was a pub. I used to go to the pub after church, get drunk, you know, and didn't really think much of it. But, um, yeah, life experiences... You know, you, you, it, it can really affect you. And um, it was only when I really, well, actually, it's probably not when I met my wife, I was still doing the similar type of behaviour. Um, I was always a bit of a health fanatic um, and always running and trying to stay fit, but I was always drinking too much. And I guess the only reason I never became an alcoholic because I always had in the back of mind yeah, you know, alcohol's not good for you. <laughs> so I know it sounds crazy, but that's how mixed up I was at the time, you know. And um, but God never gave up on me. Um, I, I'd say I, I gave up on him in a way that my behaviour was appalling. Um, there's a lot of things there I won't mention on radio, but quite disgusting behaviour and, and um, immoral behaviour, and and I knew it was wrong in in my heart. I deep down I knew the life I was living was wrong and when I got married um, the condition was that my wife Donna um, I said we've got to bring the children up as Catholics you know that's that's the condition um, and she said she wasn't a practicing seven-day Adventist her, her mum was um, her dad wasn't a seven-day Adventist at all um, he still believed in God but he um, and so she agreed with that condition. I thought, oh, it'll be fine. We'll just grow up being a so good, happy Catholic family, live happily ever after, so to speak. Yeah. Just, just a bit early, you talked to us uh, that uh, to really share a huge story with other people, you need to experience like who you were, how you died to yourself, if you like, and how Jesus grew into your life. I mean, you just said about uh, establishing some conditions in your family. Every day is a change in your plans, but uh, no, it was, um, things went along all right for a while. It was just me and my wife, and she was coming to church with me, and um, so things were going all, all right, but we'd have arguments. We'd have 
a lot of arguments over all sorts of things. Money was one thing, but there was always arguments over this or that. And um, and I, I never ever hit my wife, um, but I fairly knocked her about with words, you know. Um, and I don't see any difference whether you hit hit a woman or you put her down with your words. It's the same thing. So I used to put her down terribly, um, and you know I don't know why it must have been the hurt that was inside of me to, because. As I said, I had a beautiful father and a beautiful mother, and it was so out of character. Um, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt here, but I was going to ask you, do you think that this sort of behaviour that carried on into your marriage was you still dealing with the anger that was in you over the death of your father and the, the break-up, if you like, of the happy family? Looking back on it now, Len, definitely. Um, back then I would have said no. I would have said I don't really have an anger problem. <laughs> so when you're in it, you don't see it. Um, but I believe in um, I believe in demons, and and I definitely believe I had demons within me. And um, I go off scripture, Mary Madeline, Jesus cast seven demons out of her, whether that was lust or bitterness or whatever them demons were. I definitely had a demon of anger. There's no doubt about that. And um, it started to change when we had our first daughter. Um, just seeing I was there at the birth, I was driving trucks at the time, and it was a fairly long uh, type of labour, and I said, i got to go, i got to go cart grain. It was harvest time, I was busy. I said, I'll be back, and uh, went away for about 10 hours and <laughs> came back, and luckily my wife was still in labour, and about four or five hours after that she, she had her first daughter, and... Um, yeah, that just, something happened that day that just, I could not believe that, you know, I'm part of this creation and uh, I've got to start changing my life. Um, I want to be a good father like my father. And I always said, you know, as a teenager thing, I said, if I'm as good as, half as good as father as my, my dad was, I'd be a good I'd be a good man, good father, I'd be happy with that. And that's what I wanted to be. But sometimes what we want to be and what we actually are isn't always the case. But that, that the birth of our daughter, that was definitely a changing um, point in, 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 well, probably both our lives, myself and my wife. Okay, so you still maintained your regular practice of going to church and... Well, although there were other things that probably didn't fit with going into church, the uh, the birth of your daughter brought about the beginnings of a change. Now, what went on from that point? I mean, you resolved that you wanted to be a good father and you said that things began to change then. Can you tell us the continuation of that change? Well, I guess I wanted to change things, so as men want to do, they want to fix things and, and I try to fix myself and um, good luck to anyone out there who's trying to fix themselves or they're trying to lose weight or whatever you, if you don't get fixed yourself inside um, you're going to struggle and I believe that fixing come from Jesus but it took took time and I was trying to do it myself and uh, we had another daughter by that, that stage and um, I was I was going along, I thought it was all right, I was working seven days a week, I was interstate truck driving and it was all work and, you know, I was that wound up sometimes if someone cut me off in traffic, I'd get out and bang on their windscreen, you know, I was, as I said, I was an angry person, I, was, I thought I was being a good father by out there providing 
Um, then I'd come back and I'd argue, and my oldest daughter was probably about six at the time, and, and she heard all that argument that me and my wife were going on. The younger daughters too, she didn't know what what was going on. So all this argument that myself and my wife had had a severe effect on, on our oldest daughter. And um, my wife, it got a bit hard for her in the end and she decided, her mum actually moved closer and, and she decided to go back to church. Now, this was a huge decision for her. I mean, go back to church. I mean, she was coming to church with me as a Catholic. She wanted to go back to her church as a Seventh-day Adventist because she didn't believe the Catholic system was the right system and she struggled with that um, going with me and she also struggled how I would react if she didn't go with me. Um, but she finally had the guts to make that decision, what was in her heart, to um, go back to church and that just type of, you know, as I said to people, we've been married for 21 years now and we've probably been divorced, close to divorce. Well, our time is up for today, and um, this is the first part of Simon's story. Please uh, come back uh, for the second part next week, and you'll be able to hear more about uh, Simon's conversion. Until then, may God bless you all.